I want to give you three verses today. Look to your neighbor, tell them three verses. If you're watching online, get to church. We miss you. Let's not make it a twice a month thing. Let's go every week and see what happens. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to be red hot. It takes a team, and we need you. But we love you still, I'm just saying. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 23. It says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter, we've talked about him, he's full of zeal, he's full of passion, but sometimes he gets to ahead of himself. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Another translation says the concerns of this world. My subject today is just say no. Just say no. Jesus said no. I don't think so, Peter. You don't even understand what's going on right now. And because you don't understand, I've got to tell you no so that you can learn something. We all kind of have this image of Jesus being this this like a floaty guy. Hey, come on in. Welcome to my home. Let's all be one family. And there was that side of him, I'm sure. But there's another side of him that has to keep the integrity of the calling. And so Jesus had to get some people together sometime. He had to say no sometimes. You know, if you really love somebody, you'll say no when you need to. You'll say no when you need to. And he said no to Peter because Peter was messing things up. Even though he didn't mean to, he didn't know any different. You know, like when you get your child together because they're messing something up and they don't mean to, but they don't know any different. Like Kaylee and those back bends, dear Lord. She just thinks she'll just keep bending if she keeps bending. But I'm seeing snappy twig is what I'm seeing. And she's so proud that she can do a back bend all by herself. It is gross to watch, let me tell you. She goes completely inverted, folding up like origami. I'm like, that is not how God designed it. And they're telling me, they're telling me, well, this girl in her class, she can stick her head all the way through her legs and look back at you. I'm like, we don't want that. That's weird. We don't, we don't want origami kales. We want one-piece kales, not hospital bill, daddy pays kales. And so we were so proud of her that she could get in the back bend, but then she couldn't get out. So she'd be like, watch this. Whoop. And then she'd be stuck. And then I'm like, now get out of there. And she's, she's contorting her body in ways it's not meant to move. And soon she's going to have disc injury at six, just trying to get out of that thing. I said, no more back bends until your gymnast teacher can teach you how to do it the proper way and not your dad who doesn't do gymnastics. Okay. And not YouTube. But she thinks like it's a good thing and she wants to brag and show Grammy and all these things. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing ahead of her in her journey. I'm seeing the bigger picture. And just like Daddy sees little Kale's the bigger picture and has been down this road before with injuries. Oh, it hurts just talking about. Surgeries, insurance bills. My Lord, you can, just, you can just pay it up in a year if you want to with enough surgeries. It don't take much. 
But Jesus was doing the same here to Peter. In a sense, Peter was like his child and that he was training Peter. He was training all the 12. And this, was, this is as Jesus was starting to reveal to them more. You know, when Jesus started with the apostles, he kind of was light. It was light and airy. It was like, hey, you want some bread for your meal? Here's some oil. Dip it in. And then he started getting into the meal. And then he gets to the meat as the journey went on. And then he freaks them out a few times when he said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh. And they're like, this guy's a cannibal, sick, I'm out of here. But he was speaking spiritually, prophetically, and all these things. He gave them more as they were able to consume more. Line upon line, precept upon precept, the Bible says, as we are to grow, we then can receive more. But if I dump the full course on you before you're ready... You won't be ready. And so right here, Peter wasn't ready. He didn't have the revelation that Jesus must die to be raised again, that the Messiah had come to die. And he only saw it in a, in a personal way. So Jesus had to tell him, no, it's not right. He called him Satan. He rebuked the devil out of him. That's pretty harsh. Can you imagine your friend loving you so much they rebuke the devil out of you? They probably wouldn't talk to you again in today's world because that would be offensive. How dare you say a devil was in me? Well, the devil is in you, and I'm getting that thing out of there because I actually love you. No, get behind me, Satan. Stand behind me, Satan. It's kind of funny, though. I always think of Jesus just being so, so chill, you know, like the guy at the coffee shop, especially with the Jesus hair. Y'all know your friends with the Jesus hair. What's up? You want to go have some lattes or something? Or something else, you know, like, like, no, like Jesus, like, that's my hair. Don't steal my hairdo. And when I got to tell you something, you better listen because I know more than you, says the Lord. But that doesn't sell Jesus as good to a uh, seeker sensitive world. But sometimes we need to push back a little with the integrity of the gospel, you know? Got to push back to have a backbone in the gospel. If you don't have a backbone, you can't stand. If you don't have a backbone in your gospel, you can't stand spiritually. So it's our job as the church to keep that in check and not run from the scripture, but run to it. But he said no. Sometimes we need to hear a no from God. Sometimes we need to hear a no from our peers. Sometimes we need to be the one to say no to our peers, our family, our children. (laughs) Dad, do you have any money, Colton says? I have some, but not for you. I said, how much money do you have? Well, not that much. Can I buy this $8 Rubik's Cube? Well, how many do you have? I have like seven or eight Rubik's Cubes. No, get a job. It's not your birthday. It ain't your birthday. I don't, hear, I don't hear no 50 cent. It's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. Get yourself a jobby job and go buy yourself your own Rubik's Cube because I can't just give you everything you want. Because if I just keep giving you everything you want, guilty already, I turn you into a little um, unappreciative thing. Can I say thing? He called his child a thing. I don't know what else to say that's not more politically incorrect than just calling him a thing. When you, when you overspoil the child with never saying no to them, they become what well, we call in my house because we just let it out. We say they're going to be a monster when they get old. Ooh, now he called him a monster. Not like a one-eyed thing, just a figurative monster, like out of control, no boundaries, no, don't know how to deal under pressure because they got to have restriction. So sometimes you just got to say no. I mean, let's 
be honest, if we all got everything we asked for, how often, from the Lord this is, how often would we be left disappointed or worse than when we started? My Lord, the things I thought I wanted that I thank God now he did not give me. My brother used to have a really good saying. He said, be careful what you wish for. Because you get it, and you're like, that's not what I thought it would be. That's why you want to be slow in decision-making, slow your role in moving forward, and say no, and hear no. It's hard to hear no because we treat it as rejection. We treat it as rejection, but maybe it's for our protection. God has to shield us. He has to uh, chasten us. If we don't endure chastening, we are not his children, the Bible says. Saying no means you actually are loved by your Father in heaven. Did you know that? That's, that's, that's Hebrews. I love you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chasten you to become everything you're meant to be because if I don't guide you, I'm not a good father. I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good spiritual father. Like, this is the Lord speaking on behalf of himself, and it reflects back to us as earthly parents, friends, daughters, sons. Any role you want to take and apply this to, it's applicable. It's for our protection. Peter was stepping into a danger zone by saying what he said. Let's not go to the cross, God. The devil says, I like that. I like that. Come on, Peter, you get up there and preach it. Jesus says, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet, but you will be. Remember what Peter went on to preach in Acts 2, and he went on to preach at Cornelius' house, and God did all these wonderful things through Peter, but not yet because he wasn't ready. He needed a no. It's transparent in a PC culture to hear no. You didn't know that this week it's going to be exciting because I'm going to ask you to tell somebody no this week by loving them and saying no. It's going to feel weird. But in the PC culture, we don't always want to say no to our peers, but sometimes we have to to keep the integrity of God's call on our life, my life. I have boundaries. And if you ask me to cross a boundary, I'm going to have to say no or I won't be able to sleep good because of, of anxiety, because I've compromised my values. And I can't do that, and you can't do that and stay on course. If I don't want to stumble that same way again, maybe this is the time that God is strongly urging me to just say no. Just say no to that. I love you, but no thanks. Michelle, <laughs> she told me, Years ago when she was in college, these different guys would hit on her in the, like the desk next to her. And she'd say, they'd be like, hey, you want to go, go out sometime? No, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I was your man even then. You just didn't know it yet. I'm like, super, super alpha. Like, I don't even like it that she was alive before me. Like, like I'm so dominant. Like, yeah, you tell them no because Jeffy's in your future five years later or whatever. But it was funny because she, she said it's so sweet. You can be so sweet, but be honest. Because that's, that's what makes people care, is the honesty in it, the transparency. I'm sorry, but no thanks. Appreciate it. I'll pray for you that God will send you someone to fit you, but no thanks for me. Okay? That's like cold coffee. No thanks. Tried it. I'll stick with hot. Thank you. I challenge you, though, this week, 
who will find somebody? Who's willing to find somebody? Come on, somebody, this week to say no to. And it can't be your kids. Okay, if it has to be your kids, it can. Find someone this week who can say no to. I'm not saying be cruel, but saying when you are put on the spot of compromise that conflicts with the heavenly walk, uh uh-oh, this is going to get to your friends here. This is where friends are good like that. When it compromises your heavenly walk, you're pursuing towards your purpose, you're going to have to say, I'm sorry, but no thanks. My pastor said, just say no. So it's his fault. You can totally blame it on me. I am great with that. I'm, I'm great with that. I think it's awesome. I'm sorry, but no thanks. Just don't say, get behind me, Satan. That won't end well. Jesus could do that, but we might be a little more delicate with how we say no. My calling to purpose, write this down in your mental tablets, will often require this, that I just say no. If if you've seen something that God has planted in you to take forward, to pursue, whatever it is, even if it's not a ministry, everything's a ministry, but if God's in it, if if you're claiming that as God's purpose, it will often require you to say no. Oh, let me tell you, especially when it's new and they're testing you. When Jesus was just coming up on the scene, remember the devil tested him up in the mountains and said, I can get him to fold. And Jesus said, no. Remember the devil tried one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And he said, no. So the devil's like, okay, this is not going to work. When you're a new church, you're like a brand new church. People think they can come in and try things and they throw darts at you to see how you pop. And you just say, no, got my shield. Thanks. No, I don't want to sell that book. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to promote your merchandise. Like, no, Jesus says, no, that's why it's going to grow because I'm willing to say no. If I just say, yeah, anything goes. I was writing an essay. I just thought of this, on this article that I was, I, was, uh, I was told to read and do for some other thing here, and I was told to read this essay and write an article, and I was writing on it, and in the article, they were suggesting that it's okay that people take the word and just kind of make it what they want it to be. And I had to get a little bold in my response, thinking, I don't care if I flunk the class because I'm a grown man, and if you ask me for my opinion, it's about time I give it to you because this is dangerous what you're saying. I said, I said, we can't ma- massage, was the word, massage the truth into what we want it to be. That's dangerous, is the word I use. Ooh, he said dangerous. That sounds serious. That's not very, you know what? I love you, so I'm going to tell you because you asked. That's dangerous. They said, we're trying to drive unity. I said, unity is created by holding the truth at the center. It's, it's not unity just because you won't tell anybody the truth and you all think you all agree because you're all really differing along different wavelengths. But when you keep truth at the center, that will ultimately unify people. That's, that's like a little deeper. I don't know if you all getting this. Like that's a deep thing because the people think if you disagree with the sin that you don't love the people. But no, it's actually because you love them. You're disagreeing with the sin and you got to say no sometime. I'm not letting that be because my scripture says something about that. And so I was just saying, I just thought of this because it's fresh from yesterday, that, that I had to say, like, the truth will bring back those people if they're hungry for the word of God because it does bring, bring them together because it is the common denominator. Jesus is the foundation that brings people back together because he is the truth and the life. And the only way we can really be one unified people 
regardless of race, demographic, social status. That's the only way we can be God's people. That's all he sees is the heart of God, the church. That's what the people are meant to be as one. So anyway, that, that was me preaching on my other soapbox from yesterday, but I thought it would tie in because, because I could have just wrote a really good answer that said nothing. I said, yeah, it was really compelling. That's good. You know, to each his own. Well, I don't believe that. And I can't just say to each his own. I got to say, what does the scripture say? Because if I tell you to each his own, then you may just go do something really bad for your life. And, and Peter, and I got to tell you, Peter, knows sometimes because to whom much is given, much is required. And if I've, been rece- if I've received this word and I don't give it to you when you're about to jump off the cliff, I've got to tell you something or I'm guilty, the Bible says. Paul said that, to whom much is given, much is required. And what, what people think about like church people, like, like this is what's so cool about Christianity before Corona is like it was becoming cool, you know? Like people, people didn't know you could be trendy and Christian and be cool and be Christian and that Jesus actually was cool and it was the thing because they let tradition blind them from what the gospel was. And so now that people are like scared to go out of their homes, we're having to retrain them that Jesus is cool and that the real strong people in life are Christians. They fight for God, that it's not, it's not a weakness to be a Christian because they think kindness is weakness. Oh, it's so not. You know how hard it is for me to be nice some days? It's a fight. Am I the only one? Being mad and being, being snippy and whatever you want to do is a lot easier, isn't it, on the right day? Being a Christian is a challenge. That's what makes it valuable. That's what makes it have worth. Kindness is not a weakness. But when you start giving, people think they can take advantage of you. They think, oh, he's, he's, um, he blesses, they bless people. That church blesses people. Let me see what I can suck up from them. But the integrity of the scripture says, discern the spirits, whether they are of God or not. So we got that too. We want to bless you in the right context. We don't want to hurt you by giving you out of the wrong context, in the wrong context. And so, so like, I don't know if you ever had, like, a family member. Oh, geez, let me preach that one. I don't know if you ever had, like, um, did, did I say that out loud, Amanda? I didn't. Let's cut that out, Cameron. It wouldn't be the first time I'm used to it. They don't watch anyway. So, so anyway, like, like, have you ever had that pit in your stomach, you know? Like, like, like why is this bothering me when they've asked me to do something? And you think it's, it's guilt for not saying yes sooner, for not doing what they asked, Debbie, but it's actually you restraining from your conscience that says, I don't need to do that. That is, that is God telling me to say no to this. And I'm fighting my own anxiety. I'm creating anxiety. You know, when we started the church, I was having severe panic attacks. It was crazy. It was like calling a girl for the first time. It was so bad. I was like 15-year-old Jeffy, but I'm 37 or something. And I'm like, what is going on with me? It's because I was restraining from accepting God pulling me into the ministry. I was fighting saying yes to God. So I kept saying yes to everybody else. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably not worth it. All that. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, 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 to the world. He says, don't put the things of the world in front of me. He says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. The other, tra- the other translation says, the cares of the world is what NKJV says. You have the cares of the world ahead of what I have in mind for you in, in, in this world. And, and um. That anxiety is restraining. It's you restraining yourself. 
from saying yes to God and saying no to the haters and saying no to the doubt and saying no to the naysayers, whatever, the people, the devil trying to stop you. You gotta say no sometimes. It's not easy, but it will empower you because you know what you, what you believe, you know what you stand on. The stereotype is that if you live for God, you're going to be really nice and you're going to be really weak. The devil loves to lie to people like that. The reason this church and so many churches are so amazing is because we're full of strong people. Strong people. Like, like people stand up for things behind the scenes. That's integrity. you got to have that. It is not a weakness to be kind. I challenge any bully to be kind. How many bullies you know in school that are just so kind It's because it's so easy? No, it's hard. It's easier to be the bully, to be the bad guy, to do the wrong thing, to, to take the devil's temptation. It's easier than to say, no, I can't do it. If I got to go all the way back to the beginning, I will. I can't do that. You have to draw your line in the sand for your sake and your family's. But what's so cool is as you protect yourself by telling them no, you're actually creating an opportunity to help them. Jesus was helping Peter in this process. Because Peter's like, well, what? What, Jesus? I thought we were bros, man. He's like, don't call me bro. I'm your heavenly father. And you need to respect what I'm saying because actually there's some things you don't know yet, Peter. And I love you so much that you can call me bro maybe like some other time, but not today because I'm Jesus. I don't know if he said bro. I made that up. Chloe, she's like, my kids call me dude. Drives me crazy. I used to get so offended. I used to get so offended if someone called me dude, and now my kids call me dude, and I don't even notice. I was my, ne- my nieces and nephews. I said, don't call me dude. I'm your uncle. And then my kids come around. They're like, dude. I'm like, huh? Once in a while, I say, no, don't call me dude. The devil is a liar because serving God takes strength. My calling to purpose will require me to just say no a lot, often. Jesus says, be mindful the concerns of God and not be mindful to human concern in 23 or the cares of this world. If we're not willing to stay mindful, that's the conscious discernment I'm talking about. That is such a critical step in Christianity is discernment. That's being mindful. That's paying attention to the context, the people of who this is going back, who you're talking with. How are you talking to them? What do they need? How can you help them? Like being conscious of, is this going to send them down the wrong path? What if Jesus just said, okay, Peter, and didn't go to the cross? Well, that would not have ended well. We'd all be doomed you know, can we say doomed? Is that, a, is that an uplifting word in the church? Doomed? Like the game? I'm talking about the video game, guys. The shooter? Kill? Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Go back to the early 2000s, late 90s. We got some doom up in there. Before Halo, before Call of Duty, and before Fortnite or whatever. Okay? I'm just saying. We all know, we all know how it goes. We've been there. I was your age once. You got to say no. Peter didn't even know he was doing the opposite of God's will. He was actually doing the opposite. He was sending us to hell. 
He was sending, he was sending the gospel into the garbage. Like he was doing the opposite. Y'all know somebody like that? They love you so much, but they're sending you so far from God by something they don't even know what they're doing. Like, like here's a good one. You go to church every week, holy roller. Oh, there's a lot of other names I can't say because now like, it could be interpreted a lot, of, a lot of different ways in this culture. But there's a lot of terms for people who are dedicated to the church. And like, like, like people can get like, bothered by that. And they can challenge you and make you think that you're doing something wrong. Like, like you're every week, you, you go early? You help? You serve? You do the gospel? Like what are you thinking? You do the Great Commission? Like, what are you thinking? You're supposed to be in and out, get your latte and go. No, what are you thinking by actually being all in and investing your life in this? I don't like that. But they do love you. They do love you, but they don't know better, says Peter. Peter, you can go call him. He said, you know, back then, before Jesus went to the cross, I didn't really know what I was saying, okay? I had a lot of love for Jesus, but I didn't know what I was saying until after, then all of a sudden I was preaching the day of Pentecost and things changed and God gave me revelation, you see? So it doesn't mean they're bad. It means they don't understand. So by you saying no, you're teaching them something. That's why I'm so excited to say no this week to somebody besides my kids and not to my pregnant wife. That won't go good. Who else can I say no to? I don't, I don't see humans beyond that. I say no to Jesus. No, don't say no to Jesus. That wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> uh, too good. They didn't know the difference. Maybe God put you in the conversation with them so they could know the difference. Maybe God once told you no and you got offended. And now you go, man, I'm so glad. And so maybe I got to tell them no. So they get offended. So then one day they can go, man, I'm so glad. You see how that works? When you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. When you pass them by and you don't plant my seed, it comes back to me. And that's how I bless you. It's like this is cyclical. The blessing comes down from heaven, goes into me, goes out of me, into that person. And it comes out of them when they give praise back, goes back to heaven, comes back to me. Did you know that's how blessing works? You got to give out. It's got to go out of you out of you. It's not meant to consume. This is not an Amazon warehouse. It's meant to be let free. Let it out. Give it away. If God gave it to you, give it away times 10. I dare you watch God move. I dare you. You give it away, God will magnify it seven times 70. You think your pocketbook's going to hurt? Watch him multiply your pocketbooks plural. Because you are meant to give it away. And when you hold on to it, he cannot put it in you. It's true. It's not just a good, good feel-good thing that the preacher preaches. It's true. When you just give it in abundance, God pours so much that you're losing track of the abundance in your life. They say, remember when you bless me? You say, no, because you've been blessing for 10 years in a way that's beyond the norm. I dare you. I dare you. God says, be mindful of the world as it is an offense to me. He said that right to Peter. My calling to purpose will often require me to just say, stop my foot, no, if I have to. People respect you for it, even when they disagree. And you get them thinking. At least if you get them thinking, you've got the conversation started. I'm not saying it ends there, but that's how you go forward. Going forward requires a firm footing, 
firm. If I don't have a firm footing on this thing, then I'm going to slip when the pressure gets tough. If I don't have my feet really cemented into where I'm going, I'm going to slip when it's time to push for the mission. I'm going to slip when it comes time to push under the pressure that I ask God to bless this ministry. And God says, here you go. You ready to go to the next level? And I'm going to slip like a wet slip and slide because my footing wasn't firm. Saying no helps keep the footing firm. And to go forward requires firm footing. Saying no exposes a godly yes. They won't like you for now, but wait until they see what God does. They don't have an answer. Maybe it's foolish. I'm the, I'm the kind of crazy, in a good way, that will do something just because the world says you can't. I'm like, you know what? Do it and pay the price later sometimes because I'm all in for this. And I don't care. Maybe, maybe if it works, if it works anyway, oh man. But what have I got to lose? Nothing. What have I got to gain? Everything. My children will gain everything. My friends will gain everything. They will see Jesus in a way that they've never seen. Because I said no, and I said yes to God. And I stuck with it. If y'all could stand. Labor Day weekend. Holiday weekend. You got to love them in the gospel. Their calendar was different. That's why they was different. They won't like me for now, but now they want to be your best friend. Here's what's so cool. Is when they want to be your best friend later, you can say no again. <laughs> that was a joke. Maybe you can say yes. You can be my friend. But just because now you, you believe in what I'm doing and you believe and you've seen my life change doesn't mean I'm going to fold now that you come back at me again because the devil will keep trying to use people to pull you back down again. They'll get you nice and comf- comfortable. They'll get you nice and comfortable with your Christian, Christian walk to, to get you soft again, to get you tempted again, to knock those feet loose. But you got to remember where I'm racing, where I'm running, the finish line the faithful finish line. I am running towards that, which has to stay firm. If I don't ever give a no for God, I challenge you to ask God, are you in this? If I never have to say, this is, this is strong talk now, I challenge you to take this to heart. If I never have to say no for God in my Christian walk, I ask God, are you in this? Because you will have to say no for the mission. You will have to say no for your morals. You will have to say no for your compromise because the world will try to suck you back in and they don't even know it, but that's how the devil works. So I challenge you there. If the world has no issue, maybe you should ask God to show you the next level to this thing we call Christianity. Sometimes we gotta toss over a money changer table to show we have a backbone Even Kales has a backbone. She's got to toss over a table to prove it. This is simple, but I'm going to say it. We follow Jesus, and we mean it. Like, we mean it. Like, you're not going to find Vincent, like, out out doing the deal in the dark, like, doing something he shouldn't be doing. Like, you're going to find him the same way you found him right now. 
You're not going to find me doing something that's, that's contrary to what you see right here because we mean what we say. We mean this gospel. We mean this mission. We mean our actions. Like, like we're not perfect people. None of us are. But we are perfectly driven by Christ, and we mean it. You can clap for that. We mean it. I'm going to say no to that thing this week because we mean it. I'm going to say no to you because I love you this week because I want you to know that I have integrity for what I believe in, and I pray it touches you. That's what I'm saying to my peer that's challenging me. Oh, well, this or that. You know what, brother? I love you. I'm not a theologian, but I love you, and Jesus loves me, and God loves you, and I'm going to have to sit that one out. But, but, but I love you, so know that I sat it out because I, I love you, and God loves you. Ooh, the devil don't like that. It's like a rash to the enemy. Get that enemy out of here. God, we're thankful. Let's bow our heads right now. We're thankful for the folding tables that have been with us since before the first service. We're thankful for all the upgrades. We're thankful for all the broken cables. We're thankful for all the the broken technology that has got us here. And God, we know you're taking us past that. And so now we're starting to reminisce and be sentimental over the stuff that the world calls trash off Amazon. But God, it's been with us since the beginning. So we give thanks for that. It endured with us. It plowed with us. And we're going to take it into the next chapter. We're going to upgrade that thing. So God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. God, give us strength to to keep our integrity this week, that when the devil tries to compromise us through our family and friends, we can be confident and rejoice to know that we can say no out of love, and that's okay. That's okay. And we're blessing them because of it. We love you, Lord. We pray for a safe holiday weekend. We give thanks now, and if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, everybody say amen.